Welcome to the story behind her success with Candy O'Terry, presented by Boston Women in Media and Entertainment. Sponsored by Tech Help Boston. If you want to get someone's attention, just tell them a great story. If you want to inspire someone, share your success story. And that's what this show is all about. I believe that successful women think differently. And by the end of this podcast, I hope you'll agree. In the spotlight, a woman who is using her energy, her talents, her connections, her business savvy to create She's Local, a multi-platform global business that provides inspiration and support to women everywhere. Wow. What a concept. I got to find out more about that. Her name is Jen Maceda, and this is her story. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Candy. How are you? I am so well. So pleased to be here. Good. So She's Local sounds like one of those, why didn't I think of that ideas, right? So tell me how you came up with the idea and, and how it works. Well, it actually started with the Metro West Conference for Women. We developed a nonprofit, and it was solely for the purpose of an annual conference. That conference is in its second year of existence. It's on September 19th and 20th. Last year, we sold out at about 540 women. We had 100 women on our wait list. We had sponsors and exhibitors, and everything was sold out. So that was definitely proof of concept that we were really touching on something that the community wanted and the community really needed. Because of that success, we decided that this was definitely going to be an annual experience for the women in the Metro West community. We also thought if there is so much success in Metro West, which is a smaller community, obviously, than Boston or or Worcester, the large cities that surround it, one of the reasons why we wanted to bring this experience to the Metro West community was because Sometimes women can't afford these larger conferences. Sometimes they can't take the time away from their family or their jobs to to travel to cities that are more than 20 miles, 25 miles away. With the success of Metro West, we saw it. There are other communities across the country that can also have these experiences and inspire women and connect women and be an affordable experience that all women within these local communities can aspire to create and take advantage of. Every conference ticket is $52, and that's unheard of for world-class speakers at a full-day conference. We want to take this across the country and make this an opportunity for women to have accessible inspiration and connection at a local level. And so that's where we came up with She's Local. Something funny to tell your listeners is that She's Local, if you Google it, is all about women that you can date at a local level. (laughs) Which is crazy. So not only are we coming up with this concept for local communities, but we are also changing the way that She's Local is now researched on the internet because it's not about dating women. It's It's about about inspiring women. You got it. If Anyone who's listening to our show is already inspired. How can they find out more online? So we have a number of platforms. She's Local is on Instagram, it's on Facebook, and it's also on Twitter. Follow us, like us, share us. We fully launch She's Local right 
around the same time as the Metro West Conference for Women. So we're going to build off of that exposure and that energy, launch it as a three-platform entity where we will have conferences at local levels. We will also have an expanded television show. So currently we have the cable show Woman to Woman Today. We will rebrand that show as She's Local and take that nationwide too because there's already some really great women that want to share their inspiring stories and their products and their services and their ideas because these platforms are all about giving an accessible opportunity for women to share their big ideas just as I shared mine. You know, it's interesting. Here you are on the story behind her success, and you know that telling women's stories has really been the focus of my entire career. And I assure you of something that I know you already know. The stories never stop coming, and the women are always so happy to tell you how they got to where they are today, including all the pitfalls along the way. That's right. And maybe some things to look out for just to protect yourself. You know, it's kind of a nice way to mentor one another. Paint me a picture of the conference from last year. Walk me through it. What was it like? The energy in the room was something that I didn't expect. It was so welcoming and it was so overwhelmingly compassionate and kind and generous. That was the idea behind the creation of Woman to Woman Today, where I wanted to model the behavior of women helping women because it happens, but we don't necessarily see it as often as we should. I wanted more women to know that this is the way that we should be treating each other. So with the Metro West Conference for Women, We built a board of 25 people, 24 women and one brave dude. And and those were the real advocates behind the creation of the conference, but also the expansion and that energy that made the conference possible. So when you walked in, you were greeted by somebody who really cared that you were there, that really brought you to your seat, that thanked you for coming, thanked you for supporting women, that asked you how your day was going. We were there to serve women, and you could just tell from the smiles and the hugs and the high fives and the atter girls that everybody in that room was there to support and help each other. A big difference between that and, say, a conference in a major American city where you're joined by 5,000 women you've never met before and you feel as if you're kind of a day late and a dollar short in terms of the inspiration piece. Why does this work matter so much to you? Oh, gosh. I think it's because I was tired of always being supported by men. And I worked for women, and I felt as though because there were such a small amount of positions in executive positions and in leadership positions that were available to women and we're struggling to change that and we are changing it and there's way more work that we have to do but it was always that there was a very a very narrow field for women to step into when they did step into it they wanted to hold on to it and they wanted to secure that space without any competition i've seen a big change over the last 5 years of of women in these executive positions being more able to say hey those jokes are not appropriate hey that language is not appropriate i'm bringing up my sisters to join me at the board table and at the executive table and it happens 
happens, but it needs to happen more. And once that happens, I know that we will all be in these executive levels that will then allow us to make rules and laws and decisions that are benefiting women and also families. When you benefit women and families, you benefit the entire community. You know, I remember a time not so long ago when the big thing was to crash through that ceiling, that glass ceiling. And I think that that's what we've done. But once you crash through, you have a whole playing field that needs to be kind of rearranged a little bit. Because like you were just saying, when you help a woman and she's able to continue to nurture her family, help with the bills, inspire herself with using the gifts and talents, you've created a whole new world. It's a whole new place to be. Yes. You grew up in Miami. Can you tell us a little bit about your family and your upbringing? Because I'm thinking this conviction must have been hatched someplace. You are absolutely right. I am the daughter of a Colombian mother and an English father, which is a very strange combination. One is very reserved. I don't think I have to tell you which one is the <laughs> reserved part of that that joining. And one is really high-spirited and very purposeful and spicy. Let's put it that way. Even though those are two personalities that existed within that family, they taught me a good lesson that at the time I was very much interested in changing. Their lesson was a man was the head of the household. A woman was there to support her man. They would always have, in every decision-making process, whether it was my father got a new job and we were going to move to uh, you know, another state, even though my mother was working, it was always the decision of the breadwinner. Maybe no matter who was that breadwinner, but in my family's case, it was always my dad who was bringing the income. So he was the final decision maker in everything. And so growing up in that, I knew I needed to be the primary breadwinner because then I would make the final decision on everything. So I had this Colombian energy that was telling me I needed to be in the lead Always, it was a fire that was burning inside of me. And then I had this reserved sense of propriety that I needed to cross my legs when I was sitting in a chair. And I needed to, I needed to hold my hands in a certain way. And I needed to drink my tea with my pinky finger up. And this was always a struggle for me, always pulling me side to side. Wait, what was I going to do where I, I would be the one making the decisions? But at the same time, my dad worked all the time and he missed a lot of dance recitals and, you know, a lot of sports activities. So I also felt like, okay, well, I need to be doing something that I love to do and that I'm really passionate about because if I'm going to be the breadwinner and miss all of my family's activities, it needs to be something that that I really believe fully in, that drove me in a lot of different directions. And I kind of made a career out of being open and flexible to opportunities that came along. That's what drove me was this sense of, I don't necessarily want to be that that woman that was something that you know my, my family told me I needed to be. I needed to be a different woman. 
We had a recent guest on the show. Her name is Jody Tatiana Charles, and she is a first-generation American Haitian. And she <laughs> wrote a wonderful book called It's Just a Rug. And it's really a way for children to understand the importance of their heritage. And just watching you talk about your mom, that spicy Colombian, and your father, the very reserved man who wants you to, you know, sip your tea with your pinky extended. These people make us who we are. And then we we try on our own clothes. We, We make our own adjustments as your children will be doing as well. You have two master's degrees in public health and social behavior. One is from Harvard University. Is that what brought you to the Boston area? Tell us how you got here. It is. So I graduated with a degree in exercise physiology in Florida. That master's degree helped me to help people that wanted to be healthy. My thought was when people leave, whether it's an office space, I was working in a corporation, Johnson & Johnson, whether they were in the fitness center or they were in a workshop that I was doing about nutrition or smoking cessation or whatever those healthy lifestyle skills were, everybody that I was reaching wanted to be there. And I thought there's a huge community of people that don't give a damn about health. Why don't they? What are their influencers that are making them push away from health and well-being? Because to me, it just seems logical. I have a mother who's, as you know, she's not very healthy right now. I also saw her making these decisions that were poor decisions about her health. And I thought, if I can reach people who don't give a damn about health and get them to change their mind, then that's really what I wanted to do. I decided that I would go to Harvard School of Public Health to learn about the community influencers and the social influences that are what really drive people to make the decisions that they make. Please support our sponsors. They make this show possible. More than 30,000 families and businesses have trusted TechHelpBoston.com since the year 2000. Dave Elmazian, president of Tech Help Boston, with the reasons why. It's really about forging a relationship and having a trusting relationship because your technology is very personal to you. It used to be in the old days that things were private. When you're online, nothing is private anymore. And we want to make sure that that information is kept confidential and with somebody that you trust and you feel comfortable with. You can trust Tech Help Boston to keep your computer and systems running right. Call 781-484-1265 or visit techhelpboston.com. That's techhelpboston.com. At one point in your career, you were working for a state senator, and you ended up founding and serving as commissioner of the Metro West Commission on the Status of Women. The focus was to identify barriers women face in our region. What a fascinating time in your life. What did you learn? I knew that there was a commission in almost every region of Massachusetts except Metro West. And Metro West is one of the largest, fastest growing, especially for women. We have the largest population of entrepreneurs within our area from many different races and ethnicities. So it's really exciting. They are the economic engine of Massachusetts. And I thought, if we're not listening to the women within Metro West, then we are not hearing the full story. I was able to 
create with Senator Spilka's office the bylaws that would create the Metro West Commission on the Status of Women. We went in front of legislators and got them to approve that fairly quickly. We're the fastest approved commission within Massachusetts. Then we went out and talked to women and found out what their barriers were to their own success. Our job was to make a report at the end of a year of listening and learning and send that to the governor for for their own information about laws that would protect women within our region. You have had more than 18 years of experience in both the public and in the private sectors. You serve on boards and you are active in your community. But if I had to use one word, Jen, to define you, it would really be visionary because you see what others might not see and then you act on it. What do you think about that? I'm blown away by you saying that, Candy. I really am. I, you know what? Every leader that I meet, including you, Candy, never, never feels that about themselves. Although I would say the same thing about you and all of the amazing women that you have on your on your podcast. And and each one of us, I think, just feels as though we're following our dream and following our passion. I don't think I'm a visionary. I think I'm open to vision. And that's what drives me when I see something that doesn't exist and should exist. I'm going to step in there and I'm going to try to make that happen with the help of women like you and all the women on our board and friends and family. You know what? Anyone that will listen to me, anyone that will give me five minutes of their time and that can connect me with somebody who's going to make it happen because that's how the conference happened. That's how She's Local happened. It's being open to a vision that drives you. You've also tapped into TV with your community access program. Your production is called Woman to Woman. Why is it so important for you to share these inspiring stories? I know why I love doing what I do. Yes, and I'm looking forward to interviewing you on Woman to Woman today. It's funny because I had always been on the other side of the interview process. I was the interviewee. I was the one that was being asked the questions. Every time I sat down with somebody, I wanted to know more about them than, than maybe even they wanted to know about me. I had so many questions about their production style and how did they prep for their show and why did they start it. And so after the show, I would pepper the, the interviewer with all these questions and they said to me every single time, you're great on camera. It looks like you're very authentic and you're having a good time. You should really do this. And you're curious. And I think for an interviewer, you just have to be curious and, and be interested in what the what the other person is doing. I noticed in myself that I was not a good conversationalist. Well, I've been working on it for three years with the show. And I didn't look people in the eye because I was embarrassed or because I was thinking three steps ahead. I was inside my head instead of being present. And so the show started from a partnership with Access Framingham. They had an opening to produce a show, and I'm so grateful that they did. I was open to that vision, and I stepped in and I said, let's do a show about women, but women who are supporting other women. And that's really how it started. And as you say, there's never a shortage of amazing women to talk to because people who are successful share their story of success. 
that's the only way that we can help each other to succeed. You know, one of the tricks to being a great interviewer is listening to the answers to the questions. Because so often when a person is in an interviewing situation, they've got their list of questions and they want to make sure, okay, my next one will be this, right? And the real key is listening to what that person has to say because there could be a follow-up question in all of it. You have two young children. How did motherhood change you, Jen? I never wanted to be a mother. <laughs> I, you know how you, you you have these things that you really dislike and you perceive that your parents' parenting style was something you did not want to attribute to the next generation. <laughs> and, and so, you know, in my 20s, I thought, there is no way. I'm not going to have any children because I, I don't want, I don't know how to parent. <laughs> Who does? <laughs> and it also sounds like you had some pretty big goals. You had some things that you were focused on for yourself. Maybe there wasn't any room in there. Yeah. Well, yeah, a little bit. To but be you honest. know what? I, I hadn't found the man of my dreams or the partner of my dreams. A man of my dreams sounds so, you know, princessy, and it's totally not. I found someone who was able to stand next to me, who shared in my successes, who was willing to listen and share decisions, which is what I had always wanted. I had always wanted to be part of the decision-making process in a partnership and in a family. And he gave me that opportunity. When I look at that partner, that man, Luis, I could not imagine not having children to make something of that union. That sounds so crazy, but it's true. And then I just wanted one. <laughs> and, then, and we have two. And we have two. <laughs> you know, I was just scared. I was scared of being a mother, and I was scared about what influences I would have on my child. And then I had Bella, who's now 10. I couldn't imagine having an, another child, so we did the whole thing again. <laughs> What's been the biggest lesson for you as a mom? Stepping out and doing that brave thing. Here you are, the mother of two kids. Yeah, I'm always an idiot. <laughs> yes, that's my lesson. And what I mean by that is I can be wrong, and it's okay as long as I admit it. Because I remember being so angry at my parents when they did something that I knew. It just didn't make sense. You know, logically it didn't make sense, but they had to stick to their guns because they were the parental unit. I don't think it builds trust and a good relationship to get you through those teen years, right? I'm not there yet, but man, I know it's going to be great because I'm building a foundation of trust. And I tell them all the time, I made a mistake. I did this wrong. This is not what I really wanted to express to you. And I'm sorry. And I know that walking into teenage years is going to be tough. But I know if I can keep that form of communication where I don't know how to be a parent of a teenager, but I'm going to try right along with you because I know you don't know how to be a teenager. So we're going to step into it. I know there's a path after. So we're going to survive it. We're going to survive it together. And I'm not perfect. Well, I'm going to send some fairy dust your way, having been down the teenager path and maybe a little bottle of wine on the side for some of those tough days. At the end of the day, Jen, what matters to you most? My family. Uh, you know, I lost my job, gosh, it's, it's uh, two and a half, almost three years ago now. 
I thought that was a huge part of me. And I learned that it's not. Even friendships will, will come and go, and that's okay because your family is, they're the only people that have to put up with you. <laughs> when an obstacle is in your path, how do you get around it? I get angry, and I think that fire just builds within me, and I know that it will move. I just am so confident that it, that, that barrier will not be there forever. Something will shift, whether it's me, because sometimes it's just me who needs to shift away from the barrier or not even think of it as a barrier. But things change day to day. Tomorrow is a new day, and that barrier might look a whole lot different. You've had so many chapters in your life. In this moment, for you, how do you measure success? I measure success by the health and well-being of my family. It's back to what's important. For me, it's my health and my children's health, my husband's health. We're having this interview while my mom is really sick. And to be healthy is the greatest gift. That's the greatest success. I want to say thank you so much for being my guest. And one more quick thing. For the woman who's listening to this interview, who might just be deciding to come to this conference, the door's open, she walks in. How do you want her to feel? I want her to feel like this is for her. She's the one that we created this conference for. We are there to serve her and to inspire her and to lift her, and we will always be there. Thank you so much for being our guest. Jen Maceda, visionary, entrepreneur, mother, creator of She's Local. Congratulations on your success, continued success to you. Thank you, Candy. Thanks for listening to the story behind her success with Candy O'Terry. This is a series with one goal in mind, to shine the spotlight on women doing great things with their lives. We hope these weekly stories will motivate and inspire you. If you'd like to suggest someone for Candy to interview, she'd love to hear about her. Connect with her anytime on Facebook, Twitter, and her website, CandyOterry.com. That's C-A-N-D-Y-O-T-E-R-R-Y.com. You'll find all of these links in the show notes. What's your story?